0: Good morning. As you can see, I am not Chad. I am much better looking. And there's more of me to love than there is on Chad. Yeah, you like that? But it is good to see everybody here this morning. Just a few announcements. Um, One, next Sunday morning at 830, we have deacons meeting. So all you deacons, please be here for that. We also have a... There's a lot of echo I'm getting. Oh, okay. Um, There is also business meeting next Sunday after the morning service. So please plan on being here for that. Wednesday night, regular schedule as far as adults go, 630 Bible study. We are uh, just started uh, a study on the book of Acts. We only got through the third verse of chapter one last week. We're going to pick up there this week. So we're going to go through the whole study of Acts. And Chad has something special going on for the youth. And I want us to make this a matter of prayer because this is an incredible outreach that he is doing. He is publicizing it to everybody. They are going to meet at 530 this Wednesday. They're having a huge kickball game. Doesn't matter the age. If you guys want to come, you adults want to come and play kickball, you can come and play kickball with the the children and youth. Afterwards, they'll have pizza, and then he's going to have a devotion um, Wednesday night as an outreach event for the youth department. So please bathe that in prayer. And if you know of anybody that would be willing or interested in participating, let them know about it and um, then have an, another one actually a couple more the end of this month is ends with Memorial Day on the 30th the Sunday before Memorial Day is typically the day that we would always have our first church get together down at the creek because we are nearing the end of this pandemic and, our, and, and we are scheduled to have all our restrictions lifted, um, the first part of June, we're going to go ahead and have that get together. Those of you that are comfortable, those of you that would want to attend, we will be having a get together down on the, at the creek at six o'clock that Sunday evening. What we will do is we will provide the main course the church will, and then we ask that you guys bring the drinks, desserts, side dishes, and please bring your own chairs to sit down and have a good time. Um, if you have cornhole boards, bring those. There's always a big cornhole game, and I believe the last time we were able to get together, Terry Pendleton actually got beat at cornhole, which those of you that don't know, that is a very, very big deal because he plays every day at work on his lunch hour. So he has gotten really good at it. And then next month, the second Sunday of June is our homecoming. What an incredible opportunity to get people back into church that have not been attending church because of the, of the pandemic. This is a great opportunity to come home for everybody. So please start inviting people, start, asking them to attend that is there any other announcements that i need to make i want to say thank you for being here this morning thank you for visitors if you are visiting with us and this is your first time please fill out a visitor's card we don't want anything from you Um, we just want to have a record of attendance and check to see if there's something that we can do for you yes ma'am WMU is going to meet on the 20th, what time? Six o'clock. Six o'clock at Joy's house. You want me to announce your address online, so... No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't know where Joy lives, check with Joy. She'll tell you how to get there. It's really easy to find. It's not far from the church. But again, thank you for being here. As we start... Our service, we always start in prayer, and there are, are, are several prayer requests that we have. Continue to pray for Sandra and her family. I talked to Sandra this morning. Um, she said that, um, this, that Stephen's funeral, and before and after, was a great celebration. Um, they were gathered, before the funeral, they were gathered around the piano, all of them singing, the whole family. But continue to pray for them as they they begin to heal and as Whitey and Sandra and Teresa travel home. um, Just pray for safety for them as they travel and the rest of the family as they travel to go back home. And then pray for Debbie, his wife, as everyone leaves. And then, then she's at home by herself. Pray for her. Also pray for Bill Hale. Bill is Mike and Peggy mccrite's son-in-law this is tina's husband tina is the one that always comes and helps them when they have surgeries or doctor's appointments or something happens tina's the one that comes and help her husband has had a, a massive heart attack he actually coded twice yesterday and they were able to get him back the doctors are saying that it's not looking good but he is still hanging on so please continue to pray for uh, bill and and tina and mike and peggy peggy is also she was scheduled for surgery but she has had some issues with her leg that is postponed that surgery so be in prayer for her as as they get that straightened out so she can have surgery and then um i have a sad announcement um Doug Carroll passed away this morning about between eight and nine. Um, those of you that know Doug know that he has been dealing with congestive heart failure for many years, and within the last several years, he has actually been praying that he would be able to go home. Um, so when I talked to Rebecca this morning, hospice had not even got there yet, um, But she says that she knows that the coming days will be difficult. But she also knows that Doug is in the presence of his Savior right now. And those of you that know Doug and remember Doug singing in a choir, you know there is nothing more that he loved to do than sing. And right now he is singing praises to the Savior at the top of his lungs and not having any issues with breathing because he is, salvation has been made complete so be in prayer for for rebecca and wendy and lee and the rest of the family as they begin to um, deal with this loss and begin their mourning process and at this time please join us oh i almost forgot if you notice doyne allison is not here this morning, Doyne um, has, has some kind of object that is in his foot causing infection in his leg. So, as they got him started on antibiotics and everything, just be in prayer that that, that pain will subside and that infection will clear up and he will be able to get up and move, be mobile again. So at this time, please join me in prayer as we begin our service together. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come before you. Dear Lord, I shared a lot of prayer concerns this morning. But dear Lord, you are such a mighty and awesome God that you know each and every one. You know the intimate details of every one that has been mentioned this morning. You know exactly the needs they, they, need. they need. You know where they, you, they need you to work. Dear Lord, and we pray right now that you do just that. That you keep your promise to us. That you, you told us that if two or more are gathered in your name, you will be in the midst of them. You also say that if we ask in faith, it shall be given. And dear Lord, we ask right now that you be with the the Carroll family. We thank you for the life that Doug lived. We thank you for the fact that his faith was in you as his Savior. And we ask you to fill that emptiness that he has left in their lives. That you fill them with your presence, dear Lord, and you give them the strength to get through this process. Dear Lord, we ask you to be with Sandra and her family as they are continuing to deal with the loss of Stephen. Dear Lord, I ask that you bless them, that you hold them tight in your hands. And as the family begins to travel home, that you would give them traveling safeties and, dear Lord, I ask that you be with Debbie as she is dealing with the loneliness after all the family that leaves. Let her feel your presence more than ever. Dear Lord, be with Bill as he is laying there in the hospital fighting for life. Dear Lord, I ask you to reach down and touch him, touch his heart where the doctors can't. Be with Tina as she is waiting be with Mike and Peggy as their own health concerns are are great but as they are concerned about their son in law let them feel your presence this morning thank you for their faith and dear Lord I thank you for mothers this morning as we have gathered together to worship you but also to honor our mothers this morning dear Lord I personally thank you for a Christian mother that has been an incredible example of a true servant's heart and dear Lord I ask that you just bless them this morning and be with us as we worship today Fill this place with your presence this morning so that we will know when we leave this place that we have been in the presence of God. Be with Jim this morning as he fills in for Sandra and leads our singing. That as we lift our voices in praise, That we will honestly think about what we are saying, dear Lord. We will think about what we are singing and we will sing it from our hearts. And lastly, dear Lord, I pray that everything that is done and said here today will be an honor and glory to you and lives will be changed because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen.
1: Morning. Our uh, call to worship this morning will be hymn number three thirty-three, leaning on the everlasting arms. We'll sing the first and third verse. Would you please stand? What a fellowship! What a joy divine! Leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness! What
0: As I said, I am filling in for Chad this morning, so if I could have all the mothers, grandmothers, doesn't matter if it's an adoptive mother, if you are a mother, please stand right now. If you can't stand, raise your hand. Okay. Okay. We have something for you. If the children would come, they have uh, some gifts for you from the church to celebrate Mother's Day. And we want to say thank you. Thank you for being our examples. I know that personally, my mother was our buffer between us and our dad. If we did something that we knew that my dad was going to be upset about, we went to my mom first. And my mom had a way, if you get your gift, you can go ahead and sit down once you get your gift. There's ladies back here in the back that, and we've got one up here too. And if we if we run out, we will have more afterwards. How many we have left there, Faith? Oh, there you go. We got it coming to you, Wanda. (laughs) But we want to say thank you. And of course, it wouldn't be Mother's Day without having a Mother's Day message. But a few years ago, I preached a funeral and I used the, the text Proverbs 31. And I was told by a very special lady that when she died, do not use Proverbs 31 as the text for her funeral. And I ask her, why? She says, because I don't measure up to the description in Proverbs 31. Well, ladies, that got me to thinking. And I've been thinking about that ever since then. And here is what I have to say about that. Moms, oh, hang on. I forgot. Sorry, guys. Is that better? Okay, now I can move around. Sorry. (laughs) You may not think that you match up to the description of a Proverbs 31 woman. But I'm telling you, as a son, that your children and your husband think That you do. Because my mom. May aggravate me. Sometimes I may get mad because she tells me the truth when I don't want to hear it. But I still. Think she's perfect. And to show you that and to prove my point, I want us to turn to Matthew chapter 1. And we're going to look at the genealogy of Jesus. Now, Matthew lists out the genealogy of Jesus. And being a Jew, Matthew does not consider women as really being an important... But he lists five women, one of which was Mary, the mother of Jesus. But the four others that he lists are not ones that you would think that would be listed or pointed out in this genealogy, little less be used of God to bring about the Messiah. Because they were not perfect match up to the perfect Jewish woman. And I want us to look at these. So if you would turn to Matthew chapter 1, we're going to look at verses 3 through 6 and if you would stand as I read these verses. Matthew chapter 1 verses 3 through 6 and it says and to Judah were born Perez and Zerah from Tamar. And to Perez was born Herzen, or Hezron, and to Hezron Ram. And to Ram was born Amminadab, and to Amimadab Nashon, and to Nashon Salmon. And to Salmon was born Boaz by Rahab, and to Boaz was born Obed by Ruth, and to Obed Jesse. And to Jesse was born David the king, and to David was born Solomon by her who had been the wife of Uriah, Bathsheba. Let's pray. Our blessed Heavenly Father, thank you for the reading of your word. Thank you for the examples that we see in your word of people that were not not perfect, that were flawed in many ways but you still chose to use them. We ask you to bless the reading of your word and bless me and speak through me today. And it's in the blessed name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. See, the first point I want us to make and I want us to understand is this, is that God uses imperfect women and men to fulfill His greatest promise the promise of the Messiah. So let's look. The first person that he mentions, the first woman that he mentions is Tamar. Now let me give you a little background on Tamar. Tamar was married to Judah's oldest son. But he was wicked in the sight of the Lord, and so the Lord killed him. And as Jewish law required, he, he was then, or she was then married to his second oldest son. His job was to provide an heir for his brother. But he did not fulfill that. He denied that. He did not want to raise a son for his brother as his heir. So the Lord saw that as evil and killed him. So Judah promised Tamar that he would marry, when his youngest son would, came of age, that he would marry, she could marry him and therefore fulfill, fulfill the requirement of the law. But Judah had no intention of doing that. So he told her to go back and live with her father, and that when he would come of age, she would, he would call for her. Well, he came of age. Judah didn't call for her. She was left with nothing. You understand that in Jewish society, that women, their greatest purpose that they felt was to be a mother, to give birth to children, provide offspring to their husband. And she was left with nothing. So Judah was going to shear sheep. So Tamar took it upon herself. She dressed up like a prostitute, hid her face, and waited beside the side of the road for him to come along. And Judah did what a lot of men would have done. He went and spent time with the prostitute. And she became pregnant. He told her he didn't have any money to give her to pay for the service. And she said, Well, give me a token. He said, I will give you a, a, a lamb. She said, Well, give me a token until you bring me back the lamb. So he gave her his signet, his staff, and then one other thing that I can't remember what it was, but it was very important to him. Well, when Judah left her, she went back home and took everything with him. Well, when he sent the, the lamb back, she was nowhere to be found. And the men around said, there's never been anybody like that here. So he just kept it a secret. Then he found out that Tamar was pregnant. Word had got to him that she was pregnant. And so he called her up and was going to have her stoned or burned. He was going to have her killed because she had committed adultery. And then she comes out and says, I'm pregnant by the man that owns these things. And if you look in Genesis 38, verses 25 and 26, this is what is recorded. It says, It was while she was being brought out that she sent to her father-in-law saying, 'I I am with child by the man to whom these things belong. And she said, Please examine and see whose signet ring and cords and staff are these. Judah recognized them and said, She is more righteous than I, inasmuch as I did not give her to my son Shelah, and he did not have relations with her again. Even though she was wronged, and she did not respond in the correct way, we cannot say that what she did was right. But Judah said she is more righteous than I because she made sure I fulfilled the oath before the law. That I I completed what I said would be done. You see, there is a hope that can be found because God used her in the lineage of Jesus. You see, her firstborn son, Perez, was the next in line in the lineage of Jesus. Even though she sinned, even though she made mistakes, even though she lived immorally, God still was able to use her. And then the second person was Rahab. This is one of the only mentions of her in Scripture that does not refer to her as Rahab the harlot. Do you guys realize that? Rahab. She was, again, a prostitute, a harlot, living in the town of Jericho. Do you understand what that means? She was not even a child of God. She was not an Israelite. She was not Jewish. She was a Gentile. But God still used her. You see, Rahab living in in Jericho. As the children of Israel approached, Joshua sent out spies, and his spies went into Rahab and found Rahab and went into her house, and they were spying on Jericho to find out what was there and who, and how many soldiers and how the city was protected and everything like that. Well, the king of Jericho found out that the spies had gone to Rahab. So Rahab took them up to the roof and hid them under some flax that she had bundled up there. And in Joshua chapter 2, verses 11 through 13 you hear what Rahab says to the spies. She says, When we heard it, our hearts melted and no courage remained in any man any longer because of you. For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Now therefore, please swear to me by the Lord, since I have dealt kindly with you that you also may deal kindly with my father's household and give me a pledge of truth and spare my father and my mother and my brothers and my sisters with all who belong to them and deliver our lives from death. And the spies told her exactly what to do. You see, the party that was assigned to find these guys. They went out. And after they left searching for them, she threw a scarlet cord out the window and allowed them to escape outside of the city. And they told her that when they came again, that if she tied that scarlet cord outside of her window, that her family would be saved. I remember seeing a picture once. You know, they found the, 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 the city of Jericho. They found the, the ruins. And from what Scripture says and from what the archaeologists found, you know, we used to sing uh, the song about Joshua marching around Jericho and the walls fell flat. Well, apparently, from what they were found and what scripture said, that's exactly what happened. The walls just fell flat. And the city or the army of Israelites just marched in. But I saw this picture once, and this was what I imagined because of that cord that was hanging out of that window. That everywhere you looked, the walls were just flat except for one section. And that section was still standing and it had a scarlet cord hanging out the window. See, Rahab was a prostitute. She wasn't even Jewish. But she acknowledged the fact that God is exactly who He said He was. And she became began serving the living God, and she changed her life. And in fact, she became the wife of a man that was consi- respected and considered a mighty man of God, Salmon. And she gave birth to a son whose name was Boaz. Boaz the kinsman redeemer. Which brings us to our next person, Ruth. And you may, you, those of you that know the story of Ruth, you may think, how in the world can Ruth be seen as imperfect? In fact, look at this scripture. Ruth chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or turn back from you or from following you, where for where you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. Thus may the Lord do to me, and worse, if anything but death parts you from me. This is the words that Ruth spoke to her mother-in-law You see, Ruth is one of only two women that actually have a book of the Bible named after them Ruth and Esther. So, how could we find any imperfection in Ruth, her commitment to her mother in law? Well, again, Ruth was not Jewish. Ruth was not a child of God. In fact, she was from a people that were considered to be the enemy of God. She was a Moabite. You see, Naomi and her husband and her two sons left Israel in search of work. And her two sons married Moabite women. But something happened and Naomi's husband and her two sons died leaving Ruth and Naomi and the other daughter-in-law. Naomi told her, go back to your father's house. Remarry. The other daughter-in-law left. And did exactly what Naomi said. Ruth said no. And then we have what was written here. So Naomi returned to Israel, to her family. Ruth came with her. And Ruth realized, just like Rahab did, that God was the one true God. And she trusted Him, and she did exactly what she was told to do. And she met her kinsman redeemer, Boaz, and became the great, Grandfather of King David. Sometimes we get told, I'm not perfect. God can't use me. Satan will tell you that you're not perfect and God cannot use you. But I'm going to tell you something, church. My God is more powerful than Satan. He is more powerful than me. And He can use anybody He wants to to accomplish His will. Then we get to the last name. That's Sheba. We all know the story of David and Bathsheba. You see, Bathsheba, her husband, was a soldier, Uriah. And he had, was gone to war. And she was taking a bath on her roof. And King David was walking around outside of his palace and he saw her. Instead of looking away, he kept staring. And the more he looked, the more interested he got. So he had her brought to him. Some people say that Bathsheba went willingly. Others say that this was nothing more than rape. I don't know. but I do know that that union ended up with her becoming pregnant. And to cover it up, David had her husband killed. And after she had mourned for her husband, we find in Scripture in 2 Samuel 11, 26-27, Now when the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah, her husband, was dead. She mourned for her husband. When the time of mourning was over, David sent and brought her to his house, and she became his wife. Then she bore him a son, but the thing that David had done was evil in the sight of the Lord. David, to cover up his adulterous act, had her husband killed, brought her to the palace, made her his wife. And the child that came from that union, God told David that that child would die. And if you remember the story, that as that child was laying there and they were trying to to nurse it back to health. David actually dressed in sackcloth, put ashes on his head and mourned. Not only for that child, but for his sin. And his servants, when the child died, they were afraid to tell him that the child died. They said, if he acted this way when the child was alive, what's he going to do now that it's dead? But as soon as they told him, he got up. He cleaned himself up, got dressed and ate. ate. And Bathsheba stayed with David. She stuck with him. She bore another son, King Solomon. The greatest king in the history of Israel. If You remember the story. God came to Solomon, told him that he would give him anything that he asked for. Riches, anything. And Solomon asked God for wisdom. And God said, because you asked for wisdom, I will give you everything else along with it. Became the richest king in the history of Israel. The wisest king. He was the one that built the temple in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. But God used an adulteress and adulterer to bring about the Messiah. Why did I share all of this with you? Moms and dads, There is none of us perfect. But God's strength is made perfect in our weaknesses. See, the Apostle Paul wrote in his letter to the Corinthians, his second letter to the Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, And he has said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Church, we are none of us perfect. Moms, you are not perfect. And those weaknesses that we think are a hindrance those weaknesses that we think that will keep us from serving God, that will keep us from being a blessing, that will keep us from from building the kingdom of God. It is those very weaknesses that the power of God comes down and permeates. And it is because of those weaknesses that His name is glorified. Because He can do things through our weaknesses that we cannot do in our strengths. And moms, you may think that you have failed. Many times my mom told me growing up that she had failed as a mother. But I'm going to tell you, failure only exists if you stop. When you turn it over to God and you ask God to use it, He can take those failures, and you've heard it said before, that He turns them into, to, He takes those stumbling blocks and He turns them into stepping stones. And that's exactly what God does, because He takes what Satan means to defeat us and He turns it into a blessing. And He strengthens us. And He builds our faith. Some people don't want to, worship, to, to to celebrate Mother's Day because they think they're failures. It doesn't matter if it's your child or your grandchild or your great-grandchild. Your faithfulness to God will pay off in the end. Your faithfulness will pay off in the end. Because God will take what you think is a failure. Your imperfections. And He will do something great with it. Mothers, you don't have to be perfect. You have to be faithful. Just like these four women. Two of them weren't even Jewish. Maybe even three. Were not even part of the children of Israel. But they acknowledged the fact that God was who He said He was, and they began to worship the one true God. And He used them in a mighty way to fulfill the promise that He made to Abraham, that He, not only Abraham, but He made to to Adam and Eve at the very beginning. And He used. These women. And they are the only ones, the imperfect ones, the ones that struggled with day-to-day life, the ones that made mistakes. He used them. And they were the only ones mentioned. He didn't mention Sarah. He didn't mention Rebecca. He didn't mention any of the matriarchs of the Jewish people. But He mentioned the ones that had flaws. If that does not give you hope on this Mother's Day, then nothing else will. Thank you, mothers. And as we begin our time of invitation... If you need to come pray, the altars are open. If you need to make a a decision about following Christ and being that example for your family, this is your opportunity to to do it. As we go into this time, if you would stand and listen. As we sing this song and listen to the words and follow God's leading right now. Thank you again for being here this morning. Thank you for, to those that are joined us online. Remember, this Wednesday, five thirty for the youth and children, six o'clock or six thirty for adults. If you want to play kickball, be here at five thirty. Okay, I know Vicky, you're going to be there to play kickball, aren't you? <laughs> so be in prayer for that uh, outreach event that Chad is doing. Um, It's a great opportunity for for our youth group to to bring friends and to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Remember to pray for the Carroll family. Um, This coming week, I will give you details as I become aware of them. And at this time, I'm going to ask Jim if he would mind dismissing us in prayer.
1: Pray with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us together to pray and to worship and to sing in your house. And we're just thankful, Lord, for our mothers. Today we honor our mothers, and we just ask that you'd, as our mothers show us the unconditional love they have for us, help us to remember that that's the same unconditional love that comes from you, Lord, for each one of us. And as we depart from here and we go out into the world, help us to convey that love of Christ through those that we encounter. Thank you for all the blessings we enjoy for us in Christ's name. Amen.